out with a beard and his clothes were tattered. <laughs> Stop the clock, Dad, I've done it. One minute, 11. And I said, all right, you're in. So today, we uh, Father's Day, we have some mighty men with us, Pastor Phil. Uh, we have uh, uh, Michael Coombs, nearly said Luke Coombs, Michael Coombs and Frank, who have been a part of our church for a very long time. But today, uh, it's such a great thing to talk about. We want to talk about being an intentional uh, father. And we know that um, in this day and age, especially um, in our current society, that dads and fathers, uh, especially fathers, are under attack. Uh, manhood, fatherhood uh, are getting you know, hammered from every angle, every perspective. Everyone has an opinion on who we are as fathers and uh, who we are as men. And uh, so what a great chance, what a great opportunity is today to actually sit and chat real, like Jeff was talking about real, um, about fathers and, um, and, uh, and all that. But before we start, uh, Charlie insisted that we do three dad jokes. Uh, and if Tim Phillips were here, I would say that Tim Phillips had the kids for the jokes, because uh, he's such a great guy. First one, um, and Charlie loves these, so you're welcome, my son. I don't trust stairs, they're always up to something. That's a good one. Today my son asks, can I have a bookmark? I burst into tears. Eleven, he's 11 years old and still doesn't know my name is Brian. That's so funny. I like that. Slow burn. Why do you never see elephants hiding in trees? Because they're so good at it. <laughs> That's a good one. They're there, don't you worry. Uh, I like that one. But today, yeah, we want to talk about fathers, and uh, a lot of what we realize is that, in, especially in the church world, our fathers, I mean, there's some great dads, some not so great dads, all doing their very best what they have. But I think when you look around the church, there's, there's a lot of, you know, greater fathers, like there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of fathers in the church that are doing such a great job. And, um, you know, I've seen, if you're ever down at other communities or things like that, uh, I think sometimes we take for granted the job, like Jess said about Evan, the job that our fathers in this house are doing such a brilliant job of being great dads um, that maybe we deserve, our dads deserve a round of applause this morning and, and uh, you know, cut them a little slack here and there that they are doing, they are phenomenal dads doing such a great job. It says here, um, so this morning we want to talk about being an intentional father, an intentional dad. And the first thought this morning is in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, is that right, Charlie? You got it? Good boy. It says, for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. And today we want to talk about the importance of fathers and dads in society. And uh, the first thought is, being a father is one of the most sacred responsibilities of a man that we have. The current crisis among fathers threatens to destroy this generation. Stepping up and becoming intentional fathers will comfort this brokenness and leave a powerful legacy in the lives of our sons and daughters. That's from uh, the book that we are reading at the moment from John Tyson called The Intentional Father. The Intentional Father is a plan to raise sons and daughters of integrity, faith and consequence. I love that. As fathers, we walk alongside our children as a strong mentor, helping our children to know what they believe, to know who they are, and giving them tools to stand up against the negative cultural trends of our day. So today, let's dive in and discuss the subject this morning of being an intentional father. Now, on our panel, again, we want to welcome Pastor Phil, Michael Coombs, and uh, the mighty Frank Flannery. Pastor Phil, we know you have four daughters and uh, eight plus one grandchildren, uh, one on the way in three weeks. Uh, you're sitting out of order. Frank, you are one of 13 kids. Um, wow. What number are you, Frank? Six. Six. Uh, an incredible father in your own right and a phenomenal grandfather. And Michael... You have an amazing example of a great intentional father. I've actually had coffee with your dad. He's a great intentional father. 
and uh, you're a new father yourself with two children. So, next slide, Charlie, before we start. The role of fatherhood is one of the most overlooked yet crucial roles in our society. A few stats. The data and our own experience can all be clearer. When a father is present, well done, Evan, emotionally healthy, well done, Evan, and involved in his child's life, the child has tremendous advantage in the world to navigate its complexities and challenges with joy and confidence. So we're going to open up the panel uh, at the moment, and we're going to ask the first question to Michael, the mighty Michael Coombs. Uh, Michael, tell us about your dad and the relationship with your dad. Okay, so when I look back to my dad, he was he was intentional. He would always invest time into me and my sister, uh, whether that was you know going out in the park or just playing with us. And he would be very spontaneous. Go, oh, we'll go camping. We'll just it was always involved with you know spending time with us. Um, but one thing I really appreciated what Dad did was he was also intentional about sharing his faith with us. So after dinner, we did a, a little thing called the family box. And so you'd pull a card out, there'd be an activity, you'd talk about it, and you'd just go around the table. It wasn't real complicated, but it kind of right. put your mind in the right place. Um, and what he also did was he really showed us how to put your faith into action. Right. So we grew up, so my dad works for Scripture Union, and we grew up from a very young age going to Scripture Union beach missions. Right. And so as young kids, we saw how the Christian faith was out in the community. It wasn't just for a Sunday. Mm. It's, it's out in the community, you're helping just these people that are walking in off the streets, just going, hey, what's this big tent doing? And going, right. yeah, come in, and showing love and showing compassion to these people that are coming in. And um, Yeah, that's what I really remember about, you know, my, my dad and just... Your dad is a legend. He's, yeah, he he's runs the Scripture Union. Uh, he's, he works for Scripture Union Australia now. So right. He's, yeah. But he, he is a bit of a hero in his world. Yeah. And you've, you've done well by having such a great dad. But now that you're a dad, mm-hmm. looking back, how has that changed? What has that changed for you, being a dad I yourself think now? As I think as I look back, I want to keep that going, what dad's done f- for, for us, for me and my sister. <laughs> Um, and to really instill in my kids that Christianity isn't just for Sunday, right. isn't just something that we keep at home, right. not for just church, it's out and about and in the, in the community, um, and really show them what it's like to be a Christian out, out in the world. Mm. And I'm actually taking my family to a Scripture Union camp this weekend. Ah. So uh, just to really show them, hey, this is what, we, what we're about. So. Isn't Michael Coombs such a brilliant dad? Such a brilliant dad. Um, a few stats relating to how absence, uh, the absence of fathers is impacting our society. We've got that slide, Charlie. Children without fathers are four times more likely to live in poverty, uh, are more likely to suffer emotional, emotional and behavioural problems, uh, have higher levels of aggressive behaviour than children born into married homes, uh, more likely to go to prison. Uh, one out of five prison inmates grew up uh, without their fathers present. Uh, here, if you've got this one, Charlie, we don't need to reinvent manliness. We only need to will ourselves to wake up from the bad dream of the last few generations and reclaim it. That's from um, Waller, Waller, Newell, incredible name. It says here, you don't raise heroes, you raise sons. If you treat them like sons, they'll turn out to be heroes, even if it's just in your own eyes. I think that's what your dad has done, Michael. He's done so well of raising uh, sons. It says, the nature of impending fatherhood is that you're doing something that you're unqualified to do and then you become qualified while you're doing it. So we need to lay off our fathers just a little bit. And uh, Jilly suggested that we write our fathers a letter. I said, Jill, wow. But uh, every now and then, I text my father, Dad, you're such a great dad, doing such a great job. It's so easy to text. You know those random thoughts that you have? It's so easy to text something through. 
slide eight before we introduce Pastor Phil. We are called to deal with the brokenness of our past, understand the blessings we have inherited, it's a big one, and pass on a legacy of healing to our sons and our daughters. So, Pastor Phil, how important is legacy to you? Welcome, by the way, Pastor Phil. <laughs> legacy? Yeah. Uh, well, dear Lord, uh, so much more uh, in this uh, stage of my life, legacy, what I'm uh, known for, what I'm leaving behind, desperately trying to claw back um, the unproductive years uh, and leave a legacy, uh, not so much uh, of money, and, but leave a legacy of, of wisdom, um, great exploits for God. Uh, I think there was a survey done and they asked men, um, you know, are you happy uh, to, are you happy to, for your son to walk in your footsteps right. uh, when, you, when you move on, when you pass away? And, uh, and they said, no. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, well, uh, I, I don't have the life I, I, I ever wanted, that, that I wanted. Right. Um, I don't have friends, only Facebook friends. Um, basically, I worked too many hours, I, I didn't do a great job as a father, and, and the story goes on. Mm. Um, and so, at the end of the day, I, I, I think, really, if we were to really admit to ourselves as fathers, we are desperate to leave a legacy behind of uh, wisdom, uh, of how to live life, and how to... Uh, how to how to manage life and how to uh, progress in life, uh, which uh, in these days is even more uh, the case, and and so I don't know. I, like even this morning, I'm thinking of scriptures as I'm contemplating this subject. Uh, Joshua one eight, uh, observe that that word it says in there in the King James version, it says and observe what to do. We're hoping our kids observe us in what to do, how to navigate life, how to deal with problems, how to advance their life, how to do finances. That's true. Um, as Jeff was saying, um, you know, I mean, I'm not sure if I would recommend <laughs> putting a Set fleece out, out but I, I see the point there. God can use signs and wonders, and he can use, redeem situations like that to speak to us, and, and that was amazing. That really spoke to you. That's a unique story to you. Um, but legacy is uh, four hours digging a hole out here. Have we got that picture? Uh, I did send a picture through uh, Frank and I. I started this hole Thursday, and this ground is compacted by major machinery uh, on, around all this building. Um, and, of course, when we go to plant plants, the ground is compacted. You can't dig through it. Uh, not even a pick. It's like bouncing off steel. Uh, and, and so we got to get a, um, a, what is it, a jimmy bar, crowbar, and, and you got to dig down. Now, we've had some other people plant trees here, and they never dug <clears throat> deep enough through that soil where the plants could not get through the ground. Mm -hmm. So they basically dug out only enough soil uh, or enough hole to put the, uh, the plant in. And then, of course, we're wondering why these plants weren't growing. Mm. The roots had hit the hard, compacted ground, and they were all stunted. We actually had to pull the plants back out and dig a way bigger hole and get down into the soil, mm. uh, you know, the soil of God's <laughs> love, so to speak. And so we spent four hours on that hole to plant one really just one small tree, but it, for me, it's worth it. Uh, it's a legacy, and uh, there's that great saying uh, that the, the trees that we plant are shade for yeah, the right. future generations. Yeah. Um, how important is legacy? Uh, the Bible talks about from Genesis to Revelation, about passing on a good good inheritance, right. uh, role, you know, a, a good a good testimony of a life lived um, for God, 
um, a legacy of how to navigate God, mm. how to live for Him, how to, you know, live our best life for Him, I guess. If I can leave a legacy of, um, of taking out at least one giant and, and most certainly building the house of God right. is, is top shelf stuff for me yeah. in this conflicted world. But um, I, I, I should start at this. If we can be fathers that have been intentional, as you say, because they say that being present, like I'm seeing my son-in-law, Evan, right now, psychologists tell us that, that cognitively and socially, our children develop way better. Right. If the father... Not the doting, nurturing mother, mm -hmm. which is necessary, but if the father is present and looks into the eye of the child and is saying, I value you, I see you, and the child in turn feels mm. that you see them. And I tell you what, it's not easy. Because men are usually bottled up emotionally. Mm. And, and it, takes, it really takes a miracle in a man's heart to... to I know this is a, a tender subject, so I'm trying not to be too provoking. But uh, I, I've had to deal with my English uh, upbringing. You, you, I think you mentioned that, mm -hmm. dealing with the brokenness. Well, my yeah. father... Uh, did dote on me as a kid, but as I got older, it seemed to me like when I got about to seven even, he stopped cuddling me, he stopped moddy coddling me, and uh, he cut me loose. And uh, basically, I think that was to do with the English upbringing and his own brokenness of lo losing his own father at eight years of age. So my father cut me loose and wasn't the greatest role model right. uh, in affirming me and, and giving me that, that um, what is it, the, um, the emotional... We're going to chat about that one. Okay, let's yeah. go. Uh, but um, this is what I just want to quickly say, that um, where did it come from? And it, like when I got married and became a father, something inside of me came forth as being a father. And I think that was only because I was saved and God's redemptive value. Elijah, Elijah throwing the little twig like and the axe head yeah. coming up from the murky bottom. For me, that, that's my story. We're going to ask Pastor Phil another question in like one moment. But a few thoughts here. Uh, this is from Pastor Phil and I and Evan and uh, Phil Cairns and Nathan Cairns went down to um, John Eldridge conference a little while ago. And uh, they hand out cigars down there, pretty fun. And uh, there's a stat that they said that men fear failure, which is true, right? Women fear abandonment. And um, this, is, this is a question again for Pastor Phil. What every girl, what is every girl looking for from a man or a husband or a father? One, do you delight in me? Am I beautiful? Will you fight for me? And then it says here, a, which is tricky because I think this next one, a woman doesn't want to be fixed. She wants to be known. Because uh, men, you know, women come up to, 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 wives come up to husbands all day and say, hey, I got this problem, I got this issue, and I go, it's simple, just do this. No, 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 no. And so we're going to talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. And uh, Pastor Phil, you have four daughters. How true is this statement? This statement of... Well, do you... That, that, yeah, that, do you that, delight in me? Am I beautiful? Will you fight for me? A woman doesn't want to be fixed. She wants to be known. Absolutely. I believe intrinsically God has wired us in certain roles... Um, what I'm saying is the women, the, our kids, our daughters especially, are looking to the fathers saying, absolutely. do you delight in me, Dad? The Am I man beautiful, Dad? Is the Dad, leader. will you fight for me, Dad? Absolutely. 
the man, of course, these, uh, everyone should know that the man has these intrinsic um, responsibilities, uh, protector, mm-hmm. provider, leadership, nurturer, but protector uh, of the child, they should feel that, uh, that we are making safe environments called home, mm. uh, we, we, we're making safe environments wherever they go, right. uh, men and women, we're mindful uh, of where our children are going, where our wives are going, this protection deal is huge for me. Mm. Um, it, it, it's something that can go awry mm. uh, in terms of, you know, anger and explosiveness. But uh, I believe that we, uh, I've always taught our leaders that we, when we do church, that the men, the leaders are always looking out for any, you know, any possible scenarios of uh, our women, women being um, affected by adverse uh, event of someone in the place, some person that uh, maybe is expressing anger or stuff. So we've always taught our, our guys to head up, look out over the people, making sure our environment is safe. Mm. We're protectors. And the, the, the spiritual connotation there, yeah. for me, is prayer. Um, physically, yes, and, and logistically, we're, we're managing the protection deal. But for me, yeah. my deep conviction is securing the parameters in prayer for yeah. our family, our children, 24-7, and that's what we do for this church. Now, we're going to move forward and ask uh, the mighty Frank a, a few thoughts. Inside each one of us is a deep sense uh, of longing and the need uh, for acceptance and inclusion, talking to the fathers again and the women. In Matthew uh, chapter 3, God the Father spoke to Jesus, saying, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Frank, you started following the Lord later in life. Um, uh, what was it like to experience the acceptance and love from the Lord when you discovered who God was? Okay, so... And welcome, to, Frank, sorry. to our panel, by the way. Thank you. So similar to Pastor Phil, my father, same generations, they were shut down emotionally. Um, they were workers. So even as a young child in primary school, I already knew the girl I wanted to marry, white picket fence, and I was going to do that. Obviously, that was, you know, that's obviously what's instilled in you. That's what you do. But I, you know, to work it all out, it didn't. Everything went wrong. And uh, my great expectations was broken um, and a short marriage and a child and all those sort of things. And obviously, I was doing the same thing, trying to work it, not knowing how to do the relationship. So I got saved... Um, in my late 30s and started on the, the journey of um, Bible college and things like that, learning um, not what the world presented but what God presented and how he was the restorer of all things. And, and I'm still on that journey. So um, one of the first things I... Because my father didn't show emotions. I didn't know how to talk to a father. And it's only been in recent years I've learnt to accept God as my father. And, ex- and that was a, that's a big deal, you know, yeah. and to be able to talk to him and, and stuff like that. So I didn't know how to talk about things and, and, and stuff like that. I had to learn by myself and the example of others around me and that. And I made plenty of mistakes and, and so forth. So I didn't do a very good job of being a father. So it's not a condemnation. So I hope what I'm speaking is speaking into the, to the people, men and women, whose relationships have not gone well. Mm. So one of the first things I learned in Bible college, one of the stories and studies I did was about Nehemiah and it just keeps coming back and resonating in my life. So for this perspective, it's about restoration, restoration of yourself, restoration of your families uh, and stuff like that. So yeah, like, um, like, like as we know, Nehemiah saw a problem, wanted to fix it, he went to his king and 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 got the ways and the means of 
going back and joining families and knitting families together and seeing restoration. So likewise, Jesus did sort of the same thing. He went to his father and said, look, I've got a, we've got a problem here. And that's what he did for us too, come back and work through the, and is still working through the restoration of our lives. Um, for me, being in church, this is, you know, like this is where I'm seeing myself being restored but I'm also looking to other people about their restoration too. So similar as Pastor Phil said, in prayer and, 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 and things like that, and involvement with people, you're seeing the restoration. This is my family. Yeah, I have my brothers and sisters, but it's not the same in the sense of um, our faith families. We're, we're on this journey together. And, 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 yeah, and God wants to be real with us, and I will, I'm trying to be as real with you as possible, not for the purpose of... Um, our sorriness, but for the point that God is doing a wonderful thing yeah. in all of our lives and restoring the deep hurts and the pains and, and that. So the father can be the father, the mother can be the mother. As we know, there's many mothers out there restore, uh, raising kids mm. and, and, and that's a big challenge. And, and yes, it would be great to see all fathers restored to their right value and all families be restored to their right situations. Um, I, there's a little side that I sent my eldest son, who's 46, 47, a little note this morning about his restoration because he's he lost relationship with his children and grandchildren. And with that, I lost relationship with my child, with my grandchildren and with my great-grandchildren. I only see him on Facebook. But I know God is still in the purpose of restoring. And one day... That will be restored. And I was encouraging him this morning and knowing that God will do that even though he doesn't walk in faith. We still have the purpose and challenge as people of faith to see that in others and to restore that and to pray that and believe for that. So epic, Frank. That's so great. And I, I think, Frank, you're right. I think there are a lot of dads out there that are a little bit harsh on themselves and, yeah. and, and you know, feel like they're doing a, a not a great job. Yeah. But, you know... Like, even Evan, when he's out there playing with Moses, sometimes even dads can think, oh, it's not enough. Or, yeah. or we see dads taking their kids overseas on holidays and think, oh, why am I not doing that? But all our kids really want is just us to be present yes. and us yes. to be with us. Yes. And, um, you know, kids are fairly forgiving. Um, we make a lot of mistakes yes. and we are harsh on ourselves, but our kids just love dad and they love dad being around and uh, they don't want to see dad broken down and disheveled and being harsh on himself. They just want dad to be there and hang yeah. out. That's right. It's so important. The children are vying constantly uh, to make their parents proud. Right. You know, when they do stuff, carnivals, uh, homework, uh, stuff. Uh, the, what's it, the Rubik's Cube. I mean, right. th these, are, these are moments where you've got to slow down and yeah, pull right. yourself in from cyberspace right. or wherever you are floating. Regardless of what you're going through. Absolutely. And right. this is very hard these days. We, yes. we weren't dealing, in, in my day, growing up, our kids, we weren't dealing with cyberspace uh, arresting our attention. No. And we were like, Major Tom, ground control, there's something wrong. The circuit's dead, something's wrong. Dad's not present. He's home. Uh, and it's even mums too. Like I see mums in parks now, the kids playing, like two years age a kid playing, and the mum's on a phone like this, mm -hmm. and the pram's there, but she's just having downtime, like she's struggling to have a moment. Uh, but I, I, I think mums at that tender age, uh, I mean at that tender period of raising kids, they're, they're just not going to be able to do a lot of stuff. And the, ma and, and the man must be present as right. much as he can. I remember coming home from work and realising mum was under the pump, and what I do and was for me a big defragger for me defragging computer terms was to go for bushwalks, go for walks. So I'd grab the kids and I'd just walk away from the house yeah. and leave Jules to do whatever she needed to do, yeah. cook the meal usually because it was at that time of day. But we got to be creative yeah, and we like got to be so compassionate yeah. to the mum. The yes, when I look yeah. back on Jules. I probably was nowhere seeing <laughs> Jesse under the pump and Jilly had her time and Jamie, you know, I'm, I'm, and because they're so near and dear to you, yeah. 
you absorb that and that that impresses you. Oh my God, this is huge. Yeah. Growing, you know, being attentive to these little children that yes. need attention 24 7. And they talk, 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 talk. Uh, we do, we in the afternoons when I come home from work, we like to do a loop of the headland, just go and get out, like you're saying. Andrew, you do so well yeah. at that. And you, they love it. Right? The kid, it just takes us 20 minutes to get out, but the, I just sort of walk yep. and say nothing. And it's like bang, 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 yeah, bang, 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 you know, um, but it's so good for them, isn't it, to get them out. Mum's been home all day and, uh, you know, that house, if, if you're a mum in that house all day, it can drive you crazy. Yeah. And uh, you need sometimes the need the dad to come home and just take them out and do yeah, nothing, yeah. seemingly nothing, yeah. but take them out for a walk and let them, you know, get all their words out. My dad was mostly busy. He was socialite. He was on about 10 different boards. He was a counsellor. Yeah. My dad was very busy, and um, but he was very dutiful. One wife uh, worked all the days and uh, protector, uh, leader, leading us on. Um, but I do remember two incidences, one when we went on holidays to Foster, right where you guys were only yesterday, and we're on the beach, and he take he must have taken every hat off, every board hat, his important hat, his every hat he took off. And I remember being on the beach, and he started with a stick, scribble things in the sand. Right. I was about eight or nine, yep. and I remember, oh, my God, my That's dad it. is actually enjoying... Right, being uh, being in in, in intentional in, father, in, yeah, in being intentional yeah. and being with me, and he brought himself off his high horse, yes, and brought him down to me. Now Amazing. I can remember that to this day. Right. The other time was when he bought me a slot car track, and he came in, and we did a, only a few laps before something happened. He got disturbed, but I remember that three minutes of time with him. I still remember that. It's so life-changing. Hear this, Rain? Yep. This is exactly like it was <laughs> when I paddled out yesterday for the Christian Surface State titles. I couldn't even see where the ocean was. I started running towards the car park. They said, no, no, it's that way. I'm like, um, Frank, that's so great, Pastor Really, really good. Frank, I'm going to ask you this last question, um, and we've got one more section to go through. Um, the importance, you spoke about... Um, uh, intentional fathering and being a great father which you are a great father and uh, many would see you in this house as a spiritual father even that you've been around for a long time um tell us the importance of being a spiritual parent within the church yeah um i'm only starting to really realize that is you know that is part of who i am even though i may have been doing that or, or you know been party to that for a while but I suppose in this season of my life and that things have changed, you know, retirement and so forth, I'm seeing that uh, that I have been able to speak into a couple of men's lives and, 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 and you know, even some of the women's lives and that at, at different times and realising how God is saying something here, God is doing something. I'll, I'll give you an example of, uh, that happened this week we went to um, uh, an area uh, meeting up in Newcastle on Wednesday, and I'd never yeah. been to one before, and I'm sitting there. And it was great I, to have you there, Frank, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it was great really being good. there. Yeah. Um, and the, I met the pastor, I got there early and had a cup of coffee, I met the pastor, or the senior pastor that was there, and he told me, you know, so I parked in the car park across the road, and it's going to be $23, and I'm thinking, oh, that's a fair bit of money. Anyway, he said to me, he said, look, if you go to, go to this place, and they'll, they'll recognise your pension card, and they'll waiver that. But it was at the other end of this big shopping centre. So I headed off so I wasn't late for the meeting. And as I walked through the door, there was virtually no one around, and I started to head towards one person. But another person came alongside me, and just, it felt like a God moment, and just directed me to where I had to go. And I thought, that, talking with Pauline, I thought, that is like a, a spiritual father at times. Yes. There's, you know, they're not in your face. Right. They're not hampering you and harping you. As, as it can be in trying to direct you and, and annoy you in it really some senses, but as someone who can just come along in the moment, it's hear really something, give us some godly advice really from good. where you've been yourself. God it's says really you comfort good. those where you've been comforted and just live at that right. and, let, it go, and let, let that go on their journey. So that was the picture I got this week from that. So, you know, and, I, and I've, been, I've had many 
that have been spiritual parents and spiritual fathers to me to speak the word of advice into my life and a, a direction and things like that. And we need that. That's how what community is. That's um, yeah, that's yeah, that's an important part. So please don't feel uh, disconnected. There are many that are sitting here and are here willing to share the wisdom of life, share the, the experiences of life, whether good or bad, right. that God can use that and, and, and help with the direction of helping you go forward. I like that. And uh, even Julie said that this morning, that uh, fathers are a bit more, um, you know, can be a bit more, I don't say level-headed compared to mum, but a bit more um, unemotional perhaps yeah. at times. And uh, sometimes, you know, one of the most powerful things is when you approach a father or a father-like figure and you're freaking out and you say, I've got this problem or this, this issue, but they don't. And you go, oh, okay, it's not even a big deal. But it's like finding that father or that, that father figure saying, hey, you know, actually talking to them and saying, hey, I've got this going on or this is happening. And they go, oh, I deal with that all the time. It's not even an issue. It calms me down and it calms our kids down. Um, that we don't think this is the end of the world and the sky is falling, we run away. But it's like having that stable father-like presence just to go, no, it's cool. You know, we just fix that and it's not even a big deal. Don't, just, just relax, it's all good. And you don't realize that those little moments mean so much to us as kids and as people who are doing our best in life. But to have those moments of a father-like figure just saying, hey man, you know, when the, father's, the dad's reading the newspaper, and then the son comes home with the award, and he just pulls his newspaper down and says, well done, good on your son. It just means the world Absolutely. to the son. And Absolutely. It, and it takes, doesn't even take that much effort from the no. father just to acknowledge, and that's what we're going to go into yeah. in the last 10 minutes. Jesus, God said to Jesus, you are my son. Amazing. I love you. I'm pleased with you. Now, we know that Jesus was fully man and fully God. So by that fact, we can assume that Jesus had a pretty healthy and secure self-image of who he was. Yet his Father God reinforcing his acceptance, affection, and affirmation towards Jesus. Amazing. You are my son, which is acceptance. Yeah. Uh, I love you, which is affection. I'm pleased with you. Affirmation. If God reinforces these three emotional needs towards Jesus... How much more do we and those around us constantly need this kind of reinforcement? Acceptance, is that up there? Next one. Acceptance, everyone wants to be a part of, everyone wants to be accepted and a part of something. Affection, I care for you. What are we looking for for our dads? I care for you. You matter to me. Your opinion matters to me. Um, affirmation, good job, well done. I'm proud of you. And, uh, Pastor, you had something you wanted to... <laughs> this revelation uh, I only just got, only uh, earlier this year, I think. Um, John uh, 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All right, so er, er, most people know this, this scripture. Uh, he was with God in the beginning through him, and... So this word with, in the very first verse, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with, is uh, a Greek word, pros, meaning face to face, near me. In the beginning, Jesus was with the Father, face to face, a Greek word meaning toward, son of God was toward his Father. Looking at God the Father. God is relationship. God is about fellowship. In the beginning, Jesus was toward his Father, looking to his Father. And then you look at his story. He was always getting up early in the morning and going towards his Father. Right. Relating to his Father before you know, he'd engage the day. And I just love this, where Jesus was never reactionary. Right. And I think this is the Father's deal. He's right. usually a lot more contemplative. Right. So something happens, and of course, it's only normal for a woman to get, you know, shunted or triggered to think, am I in danger? Yeah. What's going to resolve this? Um, and that's where the man should be proactive in providing this atmosphere 
of um, it's going to be all right. There's like a way that. through this. Yeah. And you know what? If you can teach that to your children, if children can see that repeatedly you're doing that, the child grows up knowing the providence of God. Right. Not that we're cut loose, we're out in the cold, God the Father, and we're, we're spun out in orbit. No, but if the, if the father can reassure the children and the wife, yes. it's going to be all right. I don't know how we're going to get through it, but you never show that because men don't. Men are problem solvers. Men are problem solvers, and they contemplate while they're a little bit, yeah, uh, you know, trying to work out, but they, they, they're way more reserved with their emotional. Right. That's why men have a problem talking. Women want women to talk back after asking a question. Would you answer me? Didn't you hear what I just said? Well, I did, but this is a huge question. I did. And I'm not going to answer until I resolve what I want to say with intent, with intentionality, because we don't gully rake. We don't talk like women do. We don't go, blah, 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 blah. We go, I hear what you're saying. I'm I, I am genuinely trying to deal with that question, but women do get annoyed with us. Yes. But it's the same thing as leadership. In our leadership style, we're very um, contemplative, and men should be leaders, leading our families on. That's another thing. We're leaders. Yeah. Men are leaders. Leading our families on through the great adventure of life. Yeah. And so if, I, if children can see us leading strongly, yes. problem-solving, Right. Negotiating uh, problems, but with with God, God answers. Mm. Kids will grow up uh, yeah. knowing God, loving God, walking with God uh, all their days. But if you compartmentalize God to a church service on Sunday, yes. and then by your own rationale, by your own means, live your own life during the week, mm. the kids go, "Well, hang on, we go to church, we talk about God, and we." Yeah. But, but during the week, we just do, do it under our own strength. Right. We're Aussie battlers, you know. Yes. I like that. And uh, I think that, um, you know, I think it's great for a husband and a wife um, to communicate and to chat. And to, I think that's nearly one of our strengths is that we love to, I love to listen. Julie loves to talk. And uh, on our way to Foster, you say bang, 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 bang. Give me a wait. And... Uh, Secret note, who's ever, you know when you're driving somewhere and uh, you think, did I, which, way did, which way did I get, how did I drive here, which way did I go, did I go through Gosford, did I go through Wong, I don't know, who's ever been a man and you're driving and you're driving and you're driving and then you zone back in and the wife's still talking and you're going, oh, yeah, and uh, you know, but possibly it's great to... Um, Women have 6,000 words to get around alive, every day, they? men have about, I don't know, what is it, 12, 300 words. 300, yes. They've just got a a capacity of 300 words. If you get any more than that, you're doing well, ladies. Yeah. But it is great for the man and the woman to connect and for not to be this big gap in the middle that the women get to talk and the men get to talk because that creates a perfect union. Now, we get to be able to come together to be a team. It's not men are greater or women are greater or anything like that, but we've been designed by man as a husband and a wife to be perfect union and to, to look up to the kids to see that mum's you know, protected by dad, and dad, you know, protects mum, or all this kind of stuff. So, Pastor Phil, we're going to close our service in two minutes, but so would you pray for all the mighty men and all the mighty dads who are doing such a phenomenal job and need to be applauded and need to be celebrated and uh, need, um, I think, to hang out more as men. And uh, like Frank said, it's such an incredible time when all men of all ages can come together and surround ourselves with like-minded men, uh, we walk away encouraged and more secure, that it's not me alone. I'm not out here alone going through this. What we discover is that often and many times our men and our fathers go through the same thing. And having fathers that are, you know, a little bit further down the road than us just saying, hey, man, it's cool. Hey, you're doing a great job. Hey, don't worry about that. That's, that's how it is. You're amazing. Um, so we're going to give it up for our dads. I don't think we've got any more cronuts, but maybe we do. Um, but possibly we're going to pray for our service, for our guys, for our men, and uh, then we're going to enjoy I, our I, Father's Day. I, I just want to say, because this is such a valuable space we're in, yeah. we, um, we do have a culture trying to shape our children. 
now. Very intentional. They're being very intentional. The culture are trying to shape our children. And if you look at any culture that's long-lasting, they've been able to pass this great heritage legacy down through the generations, and it's continued on. Mm. That's, that's what a, a great culture is. So I, I do want to say that her, inheritance is not just money. It's, it's wisdom. It's mm. the lifestyle that you have in Christ. Uh, it's the culture that you perfected in your home. Uh, your home is a sanctuary for mm. all, good, all things good in God. That's right. Uh, you can really have a beautiful home, truly. Uh, but men have got to exercise leadership, and they've got to be the priest, the priest of their home, ushering in the goodness of God. Um, there's a scripture in Jeremiah 16, verse 19, we say this, Lord, before you, O Lord, my strength and my fortress, my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come to you from the ends of the earth and say, surely our fathers have inherited lies, worthlessness, unprofitable things. So this is talking about when we take on the values of the world. And then, of course, families will suffer for that. How do we stop the rot and leave behind a godly culture? We need to live, promote, and leave a godly inheritance. Amen? Yeah. And, and, and yes, it is about um, you know, leaving an inheritance of, and I believe it, it's very valuable to leave an inheritance of, of uh, funds and finances, but at the end of the day, it's really about, um, I like this statement before I finish up in prayer. If we can cultivate and communicate our own relationship with Christ in such a way that you were, you were, better, under, you were better to understand your children, we'll be much more likely to write, this is all mixed up, but right, spiritually healthy and intelligent kids who love Jesus, look like Jesus, act like Jesus, reflect Jesus, and want to spend time with Jesus. Children, those children, that there is a war over their hearts. We got a war over their hearts ourselves. There's a war over children's hearts. We have got to, we have got to win that war over their hearts and not lose them. Typically what happens in the world, the adolescents kick in and we lose our children to the world and to their fads and, and gangs even, and even worse than that. But if we can win and love them unconditionally, no matter what attitude they give us, no matter what stuff they, re, they give you that reminds you of your own stuff or their father's own stuff, um, if you can love them through that and, and have that unconditional love, you'll win their hearts and you'll be able to lead them into their best days, into their future of their best days. Father, we pray that we would be able to, Lord, navigate these times by, Lord, hearing you of what you say about our children and their future and their destiny and their giftedness. Lord Jesus, we ask for wisdom to, to be able to promote our children to life and living in Christ, that we would have wisdom and spiritual discernment to understand their problems, their issues, their, their hurts. Lord, would you give us as a as fathers, as mothers, but fathers and grandfathers, grandmothers, would you give us wisdom to help uh, our children win the war uh, that is over their hearts, that we would offer all the, the wisdom and, and the love and the affection that we should. Jesus, help us. Help the man, uh, Lord, uh, on this Father's Day know that this is not an easy task. Lord, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, it's not too late to, to reclaim the ground and reclaim your legacy and reclaim uh, a, a winning pattern of parenting. 
So, Father, this morning we pray that you'd allow us to be washed clean, set free from any consequence. Any residual value of even our parents, of what they've given us. We're new creations. The old is gone. The new has come. We're new parents. We're, we're born-again parents. We're new creation parents that can lead. Even in old age, we can lead and, and, and lead the next generation on by an exemplary role modeling of relating to you, Christ. Father, we know that, you are, that the Bible says that if the shepherd is struck, the sheep will scatter. I know this, that if the man is struck, the family will scatter. So, Father, we pray for protection for every family, for every man. Every, every woman, every family, and we pray this, that, dear Lord, that you would be able to uh, fan into flame the manhood in this house for every man that comes into this house, Lord, into this household, that, dear God, that manhood, what is it, Wild at Heart says, a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and, and a beauty to rescue or a beauty to love. So, Father, we are real men in this house. We're leading our families on. You're, you're like the Joshua generation. Be, uh, what does it say? Be strong and courageous and observe that which the Lord would show you through the Word and the Spirit and lead your families on. Uh, cross rivers, tackle mountains, take ground. For the land is plentiful, there's milk and honey, and there's gold in Demdare Hills. There's gold of such value, of lives fulfilled, children's lives succeeding in the most wonderful way. Be Even despite the days of conflict, our children will go forth through the manhood of this house, through the leadership of Jesus, through the Father's love and the affirmation. And I declare our children are under the mantle of the Father's love and the restoration, as our, our dear brother said, Frank, the restoration of all things in our families, in our manhood, and in our children. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Awesome. Well done. Woo! Yep, done it. Good one. Well, we're going to close our service. Thank you, Pastor Phil, for that prayer and encourage you all to get out today and to celebrate and love on your father. Send him a message, ring him, give him a call, uh, send him a Father's Day Daryl Lee bag, whatever you need to do. And uh, next Sunday will be so much fun. Amen. Okay, thank you, mate. No longer down by chain.